Two and a half years since Mind Podcast started. We could not have reached here without your support. Thank you. If you like new voices, fresh voices, and irreverent voices, do support Mind Podcast. Click on the pinned tweet on MindMakers or visit mind.net. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia, and together with me, Sunanda Vashisht. Hi, Adit. Doing? How are you? Uh, <coughs> doing great. Thank you. Uh, ready to welcome the fall in Houston. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we are very pleased to have with us today the editorial director of Swarajya Magazine and senior journalist R. Jagannathan joining uh, us. He's been with a variety of uh, portals, most recently before Swarajya being first post, where he was the editor 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 in chief of first post and a widely read columnist uh, very active on twitter as well if you don't follow him i would highly recommend following him and uh, his columns are something i look forward to every you know every time when i open my twitter space so welcome to mind podcast jaggi sir it's great to have you uh, thank you, Adit. Only you made me sound like next best thing after sliced bread, but that's, <laughs> that's far from the truth. I'm just a guy trying to see things as they are. Uh, well, but I, I'll, I'll tell you, you can count me one, uh, as one of your uh, one, of, one of your fans, you know, because liking the way the things you see. That they are. <laughs> I have to ask. I have to start. If I have your permission, Adit, I have to start this um, podcast with an extremely profound question that is directed to Jaggi sir. Jaggi sir, how do you manage to write three columns a day? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, you have age on your side. I mean, you've spent a lot of time reading on business, on politics, on so many issues. You've read books, you've seen people, met people. So, in a sense, a lot of what I write is already embedded in my mind. So, the provocation may be an article today based on a news yesterday. But uh, the thing is, 80% of what one needs to write is already there in your mind and you have your concepts clear you have the thing so it doesn't take uh, very long to write once you're clear in your mind problem comes if you do not know what you want to write and you're trying to see what to write mm-hmm. so i think that's the basic thing so it doesn't take very long to do that mm-hmm. okay, no but i tell you we thoroughly enjoy the the uh, call your columns so great to have you on mind podcast so thank you <laughs> getting getting right into the discussion there have been uh, uh, a variety of issues that have dominated the news this week uh, one has been of course the the supreme court's ruling on the firecrackers issue uh, there has been uh, i think the bombay high court also followed suit since uh, <clears throat> then there has also been the uh, the jay amit shah story uh, on the wire and the discussions uh, related to that and apart from that there has um, there has also been the you know the state of the economy uh, should we be concerned about the growth or lack of growth so any any of the this three particular topics that you would uh, want to get started with jaggi sir uh, any of them i am okay with all of them uh, so i guess since we are getting closer to diwali let's uh, start with the the crackers let's start with the firecrackers <laughs> so i think be- because yesterday there was a hearing in the supreme court i believe and the the ban was upheld still so yeah. there still exists one but there is just to clarify for our listeners there is the the ban is on sale of firecrackers i guess people can still burst them i don't know yeah it doesn't it's 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 not very clear it's quite ambiguous and it is it the uh, it's worded such that it is setting itself up for failure uh-huh. you know that pe- people will get into <coughs> this uh, quote unquote civil disobedience uh-huh. because it's not going to um, work uh-huh. but there are two parts to this question a is 
the pollution of course which is ostensibly the problem but that uh, this ban just seems to be like um, applying band-aid um, over you know a deep ulcer maybe and the second part is the communal part where people are feeling that you know um, Hindus are always getting the short end of the stick whether it's Dahi Handi or um, Diwali now or Karwa Chauth or um, Holi. Um, Jaggi sir what do you feel where are you on this debate? I am somewhere in the middle. So first of all, of course, purely from a legal angle, just uh, two weeks earlier, the Supreme Court had relaxed the ban. Then uh, after that, by uh, suddenly it decided that no, it will have a ban during Diwali. And the reasons it gave were, of course, apart from the pollution reason, was that, look, we have to test and see if such a ban actually reduces pollution. I mean, the Supreme Court should not be in the, on the, in the business of pilot uh, tests to check whether its policies work. They should not be getting into it. That's yeah. my basic point. As far as pollution is concerned, it's obvious that Delhi has, as a landlocked city with a lot of dust and other kinds of pollution around it, has a serious pollution problem. But when it comes to crackers and other things, what the court should have done was that, look, if over a period of five years, can we bring down the polluting elements in crackers or whatever it is, mm. reduce its ambit so that it can be done sensibly without polluting the place. Mm. That is what they needed to do. You can't finally say, I won't sell. Secondly, mm. there is the economic angle. I mean, how can you arbitrarily decide that something can't be sold? Essentially, you are encouraging people to break the law. You say you can... Uh, use firecrackers, but you can't buy them. I mean, I mean, what is what kind of ridiculous yeah. logic is this? Huh? I mean, okay, I know it's difficult to police an individual from using a firecracker, and the firecracker itself has not been defined. Are we talking about those very loud uh, bombs which create such a noise and shatter the window panes in the neighborhood, or are we talking about simple things like fuljadi or something like that? Oh. Right. So, which children love, you know. So that, I mean, this distinction has not been made. So it's a very poorly thought out judgment in my view. And uh, certainly Hindus have a reason to feel aggrieved that if you do any such thing, give it a phased set in. So that over three to five years, you say what toxic chemicals cannot be used, how you reduce the uh, pollutions related to Diwali firecrackers. That's not what the super court has done. It has just taken a general blanket man approach. It's not a good thing. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. And and what is interesting, and I was talking with a friend. He says that uh, just after Diwali, the wedding season starts and people burst crackers during weddings also, right? So if one day and then in one colony there is a lot of smoke, will will the Supreme Court start regulating that also? Yeah. That uh, you the, so so it's very arbitrary. No, the question finally is what we have been seeing in last <coughs> few years and we saw this in the <coughs> final years of UPA also Jaggi sir will bear me out when I say this that there's, there's a problem of severe judicial overreach so um, the Supreme Court the highest court of the land has you know has time to worry about the um, you know arbitrary things that should really be in the prerogative of the executive so that is that's the problem here i mean hindu phobia part of it is all, all right and that is something we should talk about but the judicial overreach is seeming to be a real malaise and i don't see anywhere i don't see it ending anywhere soon yes absolutely you're right sunanda that's exactly the problem in fact the supreme court has been getting into policy areas where it has absolutely no business to be for example i mean yeah, last year due to pollution they suddenly said you cannot sell suvs well i am all in favor of taxing suvs uh, suvs and other things 
But the fact is, is it the Supreme Court's job to tax a vehicle? Yeah. I mean, this is most fundamental in any economy that it is a government that decides exactly. on taxes, it's executive not the job. Supreme Court. Yeah. But they decided that they'll put in a levy on SUVs sold in the capital. Mm-hmm. They said you can't sell this. I mean, they are getting into commercial areas which if I had done as an individual try to interfere in a commercial area, they can have a right to put me in jail. But they are themselves doing this. Yeah. On a lighter note, uh, you know, we, we are recording this from Texas. I'm just thinking if the US Supreme Court ever regulated F-150s and SUVs in Texas, God knows what will happen if they uh-huh. increase the tax. But there is there is another thing that I want to um, no. But can I can I can in. I add your add yeah. a point to this? See, uh, you 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 did make that point about judicial overreach. But <clears throat> do you think it started because in the late part of the UPA, the executive was supposed perceived to be getting weaker. So there was a I'm not justifying it, but there was quote unquote a public opinion in favor of judicial overreach. But then there has you've had a stronger executive, but that judicial overreach still remains, and you find public opinion actually going against it i think whether the executive is weak or strong whatever it is judicial ovary should not be accepted I if know, it was accepted even in the later part of upa it was wrong uh, that's what, my opinion uh, what do you reckon jackie sir do you think that is the i mean uh, what happens is nature abhors a power vacuum so what happens is the minute one arm of uh, the state or uh, even the non-state becomes weak then some other arm steps in to claim that power. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is the Supreme Court of all people should not be doing this. I mean, it yeah. is, I can understand if the executive is weak and then the legislature becomes stronger or mm-hmm. if uh, the media is weak and uh, the government tries to suppress them or the government is weak and somebody else tries to do that. But this is not what is happening. The Supreme Court of all people is the creature of the constitution hmm. and the constitution is what it has to protect it should not be just arbitrarily wading into decisions which are not part of its brief and making laws hmm. they, i mean the court has been repeatedly making laws in recent times i mean i don't understand why should it even go and try and run a, a, a private uh, organization called the board of control for cricket in india <laughs> i how they want to run cricket in india huh? I, I i agree with you completely i mean as a cricket fanatic myself I've, I've tweeted about this for a longest time that the one organization that has been without government interference so so to speak in spite of there being politicians why should you mess it up and ever since the court has stepped in i think bcci has seen some terrible days i mean yeah. i don't know so and I'm, apart from this I, I i know we are going to end this segment soon but there is a little point i want to add uh, and it's just a comment it is when judicial overreach like this happens when knee-jerk reactions like this happen i don't know if our lordships are thinking but what happens <coughs> is look at the amount they're actually <coughs> estimating that small and medium enterprises who sell these crackers they have lo- they must have lost or they will lose money to the amount of 1000 crores that so is- when things like that happen that is not how you promote ease of business what this government has been saying for the longest time i don't think if lordship understand this that you know there i know we're going to talk about economy in the next segment but when knee-jerk reactions like that happen this is not good for any mature democracy Hmm. any 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 final thoughts on this jaggi sir before we move on to the economy i think uh, at some point i think see the government tried to roll back uh, the supreme court's uh, um, you know efforts to get into it but i think uh, the, the point is, I think there are simply too many people interested in maintaining this ecosystem. Mm. There are politicians try and control the judiciary through uh, 
sort of post-retirement options. Mm. You see, you know, a substantial part, 80% of the higher judiciary tends to get jobs after retirement. So that was the Congress way of managing judiciary mm. by sort of indirectly offering inducements after retirement. Mm. The, N, uh, the NDA tried to change that and make it a more formal system of judicial appointments. Mm. Now this is the judiciary probably striking back because they struck down that NJAC law. Yes, exactly. But I think they have got into this, but I think uh, it's a very uh, funny balance of power now which is uh, not quite constitutional. But uh, I think the judiciary is trying to make up for this apparent power grab mm. by uh, reportedly uh, probably backing, uh, you know, populist things which will have support among this lobby or that lobby. Mm. Not really looking at the law. It is looking at some larger public purchase in terms of mm. its, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, prestige. Uh-huh, managing the headlines, so to speak. <laughs> so. In a way, yes. Ah, interesting points. So we are going to move to the economy in just a second. And, you know, I'm looking forward to a fascinating discussion on that. So uh, fascinating discussion on this. And uh, I hope our listeners got the the, the interesting uh, uh, angles that they were hoping for and the different perspectives. But I, I want to uh, really uh, kick things up in the second segment about the and start off with the economy. So uh, we've had two discussions separate on previous Mind podcast on the economy. And this is um, I've always wanted to get uh, Jackie's perspective on this. Um, there have been different theories on this, whether of whether we are in the economic downturn. So there are two theories. One, is the complete fatalist theory that oh we are in a downturn and you know nothing is going to happen and so forth the second theory which i think seems more plausible that we have seen a couple of quarters of uh, slower growth six quarters actually of flow but the last quarter has been bad but things are looking up this quarter and things are particularly going to look up look better next year so uh, what what do you think is really happening jaggi sir where do you stand on this debate yeah, i think uh, there are uh, two or three things playing out here hmm. one is the cyclical downturn as a result of uh, over leveraged companies having a lot of debt and they have to pay down the debt or sell their businesses so that is a natural dampener to business sentiment and investment because if you are sitting on a pile of debt hmm. the last thing you are going to do is uh, buy new clothes or uh, blow up on a new house right yeah, absolutely. as an individual that's hmm. what businesses are doing they are trying to pay down the debt in fact, for the first time in, I would say, decades, Indian businesses are finally finding that they have to sell their big assets in order to be this thing. We have seen an attack on owning <coughs> capitalism that has really happened, yeah. and the business sentiment is down because of that. Because mm. when you are going to lose your best business because you have taken the wrong kind of loan and you can't repay, mm. it sends a strong message. So this is the first mental disruption that has happened with business. So they know they have to now only use legitimate sources of finance. Mm. So automatically it shrinks your immediate ability to invest a lot in the economy and you have to pay down your debt or get rid of assets and then repay the banks. So that's the fundamental thing that's been going on. In fact, it's been going on for the last three years because mm. all tax revenues for black money to come into the economy have been by and large closed. Mm. I mean, the tax loopholes for the Mauritius-based companies, for Singapore, mm. for Cyprus, they've all been closed. So what we are saying is that the legitimization of the economy has begun in earnest. Mm. And, for, and the six quarters have to do with this primary fact yeah. that business has to go to legitimate sources. So this slowdown is largely related to the fact that businesses have to go legit. And that's the first major disruption that's happening in decades. And that is one major reason, apart from business cycle and other issues. 
No, and I think another thing also is that uh, what you said, you know, uh, because when I spoke to a lot of traders, businessmen and stuff, they, they said that they don't know any other way. It's like इतने सालों से exactly. हिंदी कुछ और किया ही नहीं है सो फॉर देम टू कम अप विथ इनोवेटिव सो टू स्पीक मैथड ऑफ फॉलो द बुक एंड नॉट सिंग बॉम्बे एंड और मुंबई आई एम से रियल एस्टेट मार्केट बिकॉज सिंस द रियल एस्टेट बिल has been passed there has been a lot of correction there and a lot of investment in uh, used to be take, uh, taking place in this real estate market and so the bubble is kind of slowing down do you sense that also that happening yes absolutely i think real estate and construction are uh, are always the major uh, growth and jobs drivers mm. but uh, and real estate is actually substantially driven by a cash at least at the upper end you know at the lower end it's not so right but even in say small dealings i mm. think uh, whenever there is a price discrepancy people tend to pay the balance in cash right. you know so i think obviously when cash went out of the system for a few months due to demonetization it affected the real estate business and then we have this rera the real exchange mm. regulation act mm. which has uh, tried to protect buyers you know mm. so which means that uh, you can't just raise money and then uh, keep uh, buyers hanging for years on end without giving them their property exactly so which means the legitimate part of the business is actually being squeezed because of the fact that you are now have to comply with certain regulations mm. so definitely there is all these factors are impacting real estate mm. but the fundamental <laughs> problem with real estate is that real estate is where all politicians have their <laughs> money yes. part exactly and this is actually creating the problem because politicians are stuck their uh, uh, properties are not appreciating hmm. and uh, they are uh, withholding land reform which will allow property to rise again because uh, they have to first to get their money out in some way and that is something that is not being said because every single pol- uh, political party mm-hmm. is actually into this game yeah. real estate is where the black money is exactly. absolutely and and what you said was uh, you know fascinating that the the actual value because the, what is happening a lot of people would say is course correction of the bubble that it shot up massively what 5 years ago or something and you know there is a very uh, funny expression used when he uh, when jagisar said ki you know they were not allowed to raise money for and have nothing to show you know iski topi uske sir is project se paisa uthaya aur dusre project mein dal diya that's not happening that's right not now. happening at yeah, all yeah and that's <clears throat> that's one of the things so um, are you saying uh, if i had to summarize your points right now you are saying we are paying a price for legitimizing the economy formalizing the economy and that is okay because ultimately if india has to become a financial superpower and india has to become a big uh, market this is something that has to be done sooner than later and this government with the mandate it has it probably is the right time to do so even if it's causing a short term pain is that what you're saying yeah actually it uh, is a politically unwise thing to do but right. economically if you look at it from the medium term or a 5 or 10 year perspective this is the right thing to do because right. what happens is most banks are unable to lend to uh, say people who want to start the legitimate business because you don't have books to show you don't have assets mm-hmm. to show you cannot mm-hmm. borrow mm-hmm. so you tend to borrow from family and friends and through black money uh, roots and all that who will give it to you uh, give you money at extortionate rates of interest mm-hmm. now if you want to formalize it then the cost of 
borrowing will come down once uh, everybody moves to legitimate sources. Yeah. That's not what's happening. I mean, what we have had is the reverse. Actually, where people borrow at very high rates, but they don't pay taxes instead. So uh, basically, the government and the poor get cheated because there are not enough tax resources to do what the government needs to do, which is invest in public mm. goods instead of private freebies. Yeah. yeah. No, and so so interesting. So what's the way forward? You think? Uh, you think the tax uh, tax cuts as, as some have been suggesting is the way forward, or uh, or, or just doing or nothing just, and uh, waiting for the cycle? Uh, or, or or if if you were to hear the ex BJP guys, Yashwan Sinhar, Arun Shauri, all you know, all hell is broken loose already <laughs> since 2014. Yeah, I think people like Sinha and all. I mean, we have to acknowledge the phenomenon that there has been a slowdown and there has been a certain degree of uh, anger among uh, small businesses which now have higher compliance costs. Huh. Absolutely. And you have to focus on reducing those compliance costs. Hmm. Not focus on is saying that I let a small business survive by avoiding tax, which right. doesn't make sense. Right. You can have low reasonable tax rates, but you cannot say I will not oh, pay yeah. taxes. That's exactly. how I become viable. Then you are basically saying crookery should continue forever because that is the only thing that's viable. Yeah. Uh, meaning it's not a good thing. I mean, <laughs> ethically, it uh, puts all of us feeling shamefaced about anything we do, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why we even get the uh, overall public does not have faith in business because it is assumed that that's what you're doing. I know, and you are never going to formalize the economy if that's the stance yeah. you're going and to take. And if this government, with the mandate it got, if if even they didn't do it, then it would probably never get done. Hmm. Yeah, correct. Hmm. I mean, I only believe that they could have done it better. Meaning, in the sense that some of them, uh, some of the measures were a little ham-handed and unnecessarily uh, short, disruptive in the. And short do you term. still? Uh, do you still believe that demonetization was a failure? No, see, they, they, I think the way they imposed it was wrong. I mean, they could have done it in several ways. Hmm. For example, they could have demonetized uh, in two stages, where you say first round you demonetize thousand rupees, hmm. so the rich then shift their money to five hundred. Hmm. Once you printed enough uh, replacements, you could have then demonetized five hundred. I mean, many very ways. I'm sure experts could have told you how to manage it. Correct. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, what really happened was it became a sudden huge, uh, you know, demand compression shock. Hmm. No, no. It no, actually so created a problem for the economy. But I suppose so because if this kind of sense of if you're talking about a one-year horizon, it has failed. Mm. But if you're talking about a long-term horizon, I would say that that shock was a good thing that people realize that you can't be doing things in cash. Right. Digitization is the way forward. You know whether whether digitization was an unintended consequence of demonetization. You know is for historians to look at. But I think hopefully the inc- there will be an increased percentage of it. But uh, but just on a lighter note, when uh, Jaggi sir said Sina, he meant Yashwan Sina, not the the Sh- Shatrugan Sina. Bichara, he no one gives. Oh, not a- even Jayan Sina. Jayan Sina. <laughs> economy as a whole you you still think that the reforms have been in the right direction right or you think that more we can expect more reforms in the next year 
No, I think the next one year everybody is going to get into election mode. So it will mm. largely be implementing what has already been announced, <laughs> and some of the pain is still left in terms of the bankruptcy code and things like that. I think one big mistake which I think this government has made mm. is not recognizing the problem with banks. Mm. If you had known that banks are going to be stuck with ten uh, lakh crores of uh, NPS bad loans, mm. you could have uh, dealt with the problem a little proactively. But I think uh, it went under their radar for at least two years when they. Started acting, it became uh, the start. But at least you can say they are at least recognizing the problem now. Mm. Yeah. Bad loans are being recognized and on shouted under the carpet. Yeah. Mm. And the best part about this government is that the loophole mechanism, I, I, the um, you know this. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. This is a conspiracy theory. Had Modi's initial plan of land acquisition bill gone through as he planned, the bank loans may have been attended to far quicker. Maybe. I think that kind of. put uh he made a slightly leftward turn after the uh, land acquisition thing do you do you think so jaggi sir yeah i think so because see what yeah. he is doing is like uh, bjp has too much of a economic right wing uh, connotation to it yeah. so they needed to shift the party slightly to the uh, center and center uh, left yeah. in order to broad base its overall appeal to the electorate so yeah. i think that is being done but it is being done fairly sensibly <laughs> in terms of making empowerment the theme rather than entitlement and freebies that's so that's what they have done so they have tried to do that so whereas the congress approach was give everybody free cash and free this and free that mm-hmm. and then create a dependency and then uh, the state uh, then gets uh, <laughs> overtaken by uh, these kind of costs by the way that's not done that by the help with some small subsidies where people can empower themselves get themselves insurance get themselves crop insurance i think that's a sensible approach to uh, doing something for the people and that's a wonderful line i like that empowerment not entitlement who knows we might see it in one of the speeches lately <laughs> if if the if the no, written about <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm i'm joking but uh, anyways so we're going to come back to the third issue about the uh, uh, amit shah thing in just a second so uh, when we had started recording last week <coughs> the wire story had just broken out and op india had published a rebuttal that called since then wire had issued a clarification then they issued a clarification of a clarification and they concluded after the two clarifications that that clarification did not matter yes. in the larger scheme of things right? and ndtv published something and then uh, said we had not legally vetted it so i suppose they put stories without legally vetting it wo chota mota story tha na chota mota story <laughs> स्टोरी <laughs> 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 Hmm. the problem uh, essentially happened because uh, the story was written by somebody who did not fully understand the logic of business and especially gujarati <laughs> business which uh, uh, tends to work in a certain way so i think uh, they didn't they goofed up on that in their eagerness to show that amit shah stand into some kind of hanky panky hmm. they sort of uh, forgot basics they mixed up uh, revenues and profits and all kinds of things and uh, that's the problem so anyway they corrected it but i think uh, the mistake is actually is also being made by jay amit shah because uh, it would have been logical and sensible for the uh, uh, for shahs to 
laugh it off and say that look, you when you are in a trading business, revenues tend to spike suddenly and crash suddenly in another day. Mm. So it actually does not need uh, any political favors for that to happen. Mm. But uh, they went with a hundred crore defamation suit, which is actually uh, makes it sound as though Wire is a victim. Mm. So mm. that's the problem. So anyway, mm. I think they have handled it badly. Mm. But beyond that, I would say that uh, it's a legitimate story to pursue, provided you pursue it in the right way. What the journalist who did the story was trying to do and what she ended up doing were two completely different things. She ended up uh, A, showing that she was mathematically challenged. <laughs> and before that, what she was trying to do was she was the idea behind the thing was that here is BJP's Vadra. She started with that premise and then she started working backwards. And that is the problem. You know, they she had already reached a conclusion that I am going to prove that BJP also has its own Vadras hmm. and then she worked backwards that is never how any and you will bear both will bear me out that's not how you approach a story that's not how any journalist approaches a story you build a story and then you reach to a conclusion no I would like to add on to something before Jaggi sir comes I, I it's it also might have seemed that she might have approached she might have started looking at the story for this desired conclusion but the headline, uh, the first paragraph and the last paragraph still remained. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, and I mean, I don't mean it literally, but the premise and the conclusion. But I also uh, sort of slightly disagree with what Jagisar said here. He said uh, that there shouldn't have been this 100 crore defamation. But then how do you confront people like this? How do you, what is the deterrent? If you don't do, uh, if you don't sue people, what is the term? Um, uh, filing a, a defamation suit, but in the size of the suit, because 100 crore makes it sound as though your reputation is worth so much. Mm. But uh, you're a small guy, you're a small trader businessman, and you're not actually as big as what the wire story claims. But right. framing 100 crore, I think we should have done a 1 crore suit. I mean, it is another matter when Arun Jaitley sues uh, Arvind K. J. Wall for 10 crores. That is a reasonable amount because Jaitley is a huge, um, uh, I mean, it's a big shot and he is personally wealthy and he, he has this But in the case of Jaya Mitsha, he is hardly a big uh, ticket guy or a big businessman. So he, he didn't need to do that. So what you are saying is rather than the figures or the goof up figures in the so story. A smaller amount, we should have found that, look, I have to protect my reputation, but I am still a small fry hmm. and things like that. So uh, that was the way to do it. I just thought 100 crore, like it's uh, seldom, it seems as though something more is at stake than just uh, somebody's reputation. Good, interesting point. Uh, no, no. So what uh, Jagisar is trying to say, and um, which I find it is interesting because no one has given that perspective on this, that uh, yet yeah, that uh, rather than attaching a value to it, so the value of the company was the issue. Now the headline became 100 crores rather mm. than anything. But that still doesn't explain what NDTV did. They put up a story on this and um, then they withdrew it. Why? Because they said that they had not legally vetted it. Are, what rubbish. I mean, so for a news organization to do that, I thought, I think because once Wire got sued, the legal suit also said that anybody who um, propagates this story will also be sued hmm. automatically, will also be a part of this thing. I think they just mm, got a little scared. Probably, 
broader issue that you brought out is important. I think most uh, journalists and even uh, newspapers or publications do not take enough care about the kind of allegations they make. Mm. See, if you're making a generally political uh, allegation, say about Rahul Gandhi being mm. a poor politician or something like that, that's okay. That you can make over-the-top statements there. Right. But you cannot make over-the-top statements when you're talking about business mm. because that's about precise things and you do not know, understand the underlying business and then you make comments about it and saying, okay, something went up 16,000 times. I mean, uh, I think Amit Shah could have, I mean, Jai Amit Shah should have done a simple thing. Sued them for one rupee and then say, no, I'm changing it to suing you for 16,000 rupees. <laughs> then you can say that I'm suing you for 16,000 <laughs> 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 uh, more or something like that. It's actually silly. But as I said, I mean, journalists are not doing enough betting and many journalists are not numerate. Mm. Do not yeah. know the difference between some uh, one rupee becoming two rupees is a hundred percent jump, mm. but it is not a big amount because one right. to two is not a big thing. Mm. Right. So mm. that's the problem. I think more than legal betting, but I mean they do, are not even new it. That's no. the problem. Yeah, that's and that this reminds me of that uh, silly story that came uh, thing that the two hundred percent increase in Amit Shah's assets or something, yeah. and then they found out that he had inherited money. Yeah, and uh, that also happened. Uh, and forgot this was what a year ago I think Times yeah. of India had to withdraw the story and stuff like that uh, so the other thing is I think uh, the show uh, the story shows a fairly lack of understanding of how Gujarati business is conducted hmm. I mean you said okay somebody gave you a loan of 15 crore and then your turnover went up to 18 crore and all that hmm. you see most Gujaratis are into trading okay mm. in trading volumes matter a lot huh? mm. so what really happens is like you leverage a small amount of money and if you invest it in stocks or commodities or any other form of trading it'll actually volumes can shoot up or crash suddenly you yes. know because of uh, you, you are largely speculating on the price of a commodity mm. or a share uh, in future okay mm. and secondly the family structure in gujarat uh, and Gujaratis and even Marwadis is that they have close social family connections people may marry into each other's families they also tend to have business links you mm. know so what really happens is this is the way uh, Gujaratis develop social capital to become one of the big businesses of India so mm. these things that okay somebody gave a loan and all this is regularly done in Gujarati business and it is not an exception yeah. Oh, no, and I'll add something to it as the resident Gujarati on the panel. I agree with it. There is a concept called pedi, mm. which is what uh, Jagisar was saying that families and pedi are like families who've you know been generations and yeah. stuff and have been in this trading business. So it's quite interesting. But we must uh, quickly. No, I, I, I want to quickly uh, ask him, uh, ask both of you. By, is, by, is, I have to add one line, mm. and I've always said to Surinder the minute I was like, it's it's a bit rich of the wire to assume that Gujaratis take wire seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I just wanted to uh, take from your question. Yeah. Uh, this was clearly done just before Gujarat elections for a reason. Uh, um, I personally don't see it making a dent in BJP's thing. BJP has, may have other problems in Gujarat, hmm. but this is not going to be a problem. Yeah, Do you agree? Okay. Gujarat is for Gujarat, this is a non-issue. Yeah. This is the way yeah. they conduct business normally. Yeah. And uh, they hardly think that this is some kind of great criminal activity or something like that. Right. And it may not even be so. It may just be they were doing the normal kind of business and some fortunes turned in one year, then it went right. down the next year. And this is what happens in a trading business. Right. So uh, anyway, so that's one no, part no. of it. And, and if they... Uh, other reasons to worry about for other reasons, because mm -hmm. I think the Patidars yes. are a little unhappy. Then you have the uh, GST creating a lot of problems yes. because a lot of small traders and businesses. That is where they 
going to face problems and and uh, having traveled in gujarat last uh, this year also i saw there is some backlash in saurashtra also that region Correct. which is it's almost become like a battleground between bjp and congress but as far as the issue of corruption is concerned when congress the leader of uh, when congress has projected uh, the son of madhavsi solanki and chiman bhai patel i don't think they have any legs to stand on yeah, yeah, in yeah, gujarat yeah, chiman bhai Ah, uh-huh, I mean, he was thrown out of the government. The Navnirman agitation, you know, happened because of. Chiman Bai Patel. Huh. So I mean, uh, which led to the emergency. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, this is this is kind of silly. But I, uh, on a lighter note, at least uh, Rahul Gandhi should learn Gujarati so that he knows which toilet he can enter. Now. <laughs> 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 That so, was funny. Uh, so, 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 just, just hold, hold that thought for just a second, and I'm going to come to you for the last segment, which is the recommendations, uh, and so forth. So, before we get into the recommendation, one last part. I never ever thought in my life that this would be a controversy, but the Aurangzeb apologists have turned into Alauddin Khilji apologists. I know. You know, <laughs> have you have you seen the tweets, uh, Jaggi sir, on Twitter in the last couple of days? I mean, I am shocked. Yeah, yeah, shocked. Yeah, very silly thing. I mean, whether Rani Padmini existed or not, that's a separate debate, and that historians should weigh on. It's not for uh, laymen like us. But normalizing Alauddin Khilji is just yeah, yeah. And the most bizarre piece I read was Alauddin Khilji may be terrible, but he was not barbaric. I mean, आप क्या मतलब आपने Khilji नाम लिखा था? I mean, how do you say that? And Adit said a very um, interesting thing to me this morning when we were doing our regular um, work call. He he said that you know. Um, there was somebody who said that allowed jains liked um, no no he said rana safvi said something about jains serving during alauddin khilji or something and she forgets or i mean she probably took like one case but she forgets that shatrunjay was ransacked ransacked by alauddin khilji and his quote unquote conquest of gujarat was terrible so many jains and hindus were massacred anand ranganathan actually wrote and even i tweeted about yeah. this i mean this was ridiculous <laughs> Ha huh. so 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 that's that's the part so anyways um, this is uh, the alauddin khilji thing is a non-troversy as sunanda yeah. likes to put it yeah i call it non-troversy uh, so no we were just talking about how the, the the rana safi was going on another tangent but anyways yeah. we are coming to the end of the podcast so before we that we do we have this tradition where we give a recommendation so um, uh, jaggi sir any recommendations of any books films shows that you you know read or something that you would like to recommend Uh, one thing uh, which i mean i mean uh, lots of books lots of uh, films i could do yeah. but one interesting film which never made it to the box office is yeah. now a film called satyakam huh? mm. it was uh, i think sometime in the 70s or 69 i think dharmendra but it's a dharmendra and sharmila tagore movie mm-hmm. and it uh, presents the dharmic dilemma in a very interesting way yes. so basically satyakam was a guy who always did the right thing he was mm. always truthful and other things mm-hmm. but towards the end of his uh he was faced with a moral dilemma where he had to do something wrong mm-hmm. so, and yeah. uh, he uh, i think i think he had some circumstances which he had to tell an untruth or do whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's a lovely film i would recommend it to everybody to see it because mm-hmm. it presents exactly what real life situations are mm-hmm. where you may be honest and all that there is a point where you have to 
take a call and whether or dishonesty is a better option to being honest and getting something wrong mm-hmm. yeah that's almost like uh, a geeta geeta like i know ashwatthama is that uh, yeah. dilemma yeah exactly uh, and and, and i have one interesting thing in that dharmendra is a civil engineer and uh, <laughs> yes and being a civil engineer there are there are certain things which you see that happened in the, uh, being a civil engineer myself i saw some things that happened right now happened 40 years ago yeah. and many engineers in india they tell me that they are faced with the same dilemma over yeah. that as well when you deal with satyakam had a beautiful song also ya dil ki suno no no that was anupama that was anupama that was anupama okay yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, are challenging me on my rishida <laughs> movies oh. उट and stuff and how there has been counter intelligence where they have found that xyz was spying for a separate government in that school and how the fbi has found out and how the cia has found out and this so cia run schools you mean no not run but they effectively recruit or they oh. and, and there has been counter intelligence also so there is a book and there is a fascinating case of a chinese student who uh, worked on a secret project with a professor what is the book called uh, spy schools spy school i listened to this podcast on foreign policy it was phenomenal i'm going to buy that book very spy soon schools. spy okay. schools so mm. and there was an interesting case about a chinese student who was actually developing i think a sort of a cloak of invisibility with a professor or something mm. that technology went to china somehow or uske upar pura hai so ah, interesting. very fascinating interesting. very fascinating uh-huh. uh, my recommendation for this week is uh, nothing as profound as you said but um, not any less interesting um i was just in my car little um, while ago i i don't know if i've recommended this but i wanted to recommend this again because every week we have uh, new uh, listeners i wanted to recommend pandit vishwamohan butts um um grammy winning album um, meeting by the river and this is this is just such a beautiful fusion album that he did with a guitarist called rai kudar and i just want to say for 20 seconds i want to take how the album was made because uh, you know um, pandit vishwamohan but actually told me this he said that he reached this place where rai kudar it was a church by the river oh. where he was actually going to record and you know how western music is written yeah. so rai kudar actually told him so where is your music and he looked at him and said what music i don't have any music he says don't you have anything written he says no i don't have anything written so he said what are you going to play he said i'll play whatever i want to play right now i will make up because you know how indian yeah. indian classical music is <coughs> it is you just make it up and you play so that's how it happened he sat there and he just Made he up. just may compose that music and then rai kudar he saw that and he um, sort of started playing and because this was next to the river it was called a meeting by the river just youtube it and just do he they won grammy for it in 1994 so youtube um, uh, meeting by the river it's a phenomenal fusion piece that fascinating recommendation sunanda uh, i'm i'm sure our listeners will listen to it but from me and sunanda thank you so much jaggi sir for your time uh, this was a wonderful discussion on different issues um thank you adit 
Thank you, Sunanda. It was a great you. conversation to have. Huh. Yeah. And, and 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 you know we have a rule in mind podcast it's you know ne- never 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 uh, the second time will have to happen so yeah. we are going to definitely have you on again for this but oh. hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed thank you jaggi sir thank you and all the best for your writing and, and all the best and, to and our for, friends at swaraj uh, uh, yes exactly please log on to swarajmag.com and please subscribe to swaraj magazine yeah all the best Fantastic to you guys magazine. there you guys are doing a wonderful job thank you Thank you. Thank, Thank you. So Thanks. Bye. Yeah.